to Between the Bytes, tech news, cyber updates, and leadership discussions. My name is Gary Arnold. And I'm Derek Parkinson. We have a very special guest today. We have Mark Fredrickson from SnapConner. Mark, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing good. Very good. Mark, we're excited to have you as a guest. We've had a couple of different guests in the past, but I think you're going to bring a unique spin to our usual IT flavored podcast here. So we're excited to talk to you. Mark, we wanted to just give you a chance to quickly introduce yourself, who you are and what you do. Okay, great. Glad to be on the podcast with you and give you my perspective. I'm the president of SnapConner PR. And I have been in public relations, marketing, and e-commerce my whole career. We're getting close to 30 years now that I've been doing that. have enjoyed all the aspects of those areas. And right now at the agency at SnapConner PR, I'm, I'm, of course, in charge of much of the company. And as an agency, your biggest assets are the people. And so we uh, make sure that you know our people are delivering great service to our clients so that we're retaining our clients and of course making them happy. We focus on I guess what you might call traditional PR, although that is changing every year, but uh, we are focused exclusively on public relations. And so our job is to help deliver an agency fame, fortune, or the ability to make a difference. Part of that is we, build what we call a fortress around their name, right? Their reputation. And so then our job as individuals and as employees is to uh, try and deliver, you know, massive value to our clients and to our team members. And I've been with SnapConner PR for about seven years. Wow. Very cool. Well, Mark, again, we're excited to have you. And obviously to our audience, we're taking a PR spin on some of our usual topics. We talk a lot about cybersecurity on this podcast, and so we're excited to get your take on that and some of your perspectives. I liked your analogy there of building a fortress. We use, I guess, similar imagery in how we talk about cybersecurity a little bit. So along those lines, let's kind of dive right in uh, and talk about PR in relation to cybersecurity and cyber incidents. Mark, maybe tell us a little bit about the exposure you've had in the cyber realm and the cyber industry in general. Well, I've been involved in the tech industry really since about the year 2000. So have understood the importance of cybersecurity and just how tech influences our lives and how, uh, especially on the marketing side, how tech can present a company to different audiences, whether they're investors, potential customers, existing customers or employees. So it's important to have everything in as good a shape as possible and obviously today you're especially I've been involved with e-commerce you're dealing with personal and private information whether that's as much as social security numbers or credit card numbers etc and so you want to make sure that you protect that right build a fortress around that that information and not let it get to anybody who shouldn't see any of that information and and so sensitive to that I luckily haven't had too many cybersecurity incidents I know over the years we have had some We've discovered some incidents, uh, nothing that has been headline news, luckily. But that's the whole point, right? <laughs> that's that's exactly right. And I know that that's a possibility. So you always have to be prepared to communicate in a cyber incident or a crisis that comes along with it. Well said. So tell us more a little bit about that, about the preparation side, how PR is involved with cybersecurity in general. Yeah, there are a couple of things to consider. I think first is that 
you want to have a crisis plan already created. If you don't have a crisis plan built, then you should build one. And, and that's for any crisis. And I think it's important to get with a team and list the kinds of crises that you can have. And definitely includes a cyber incident, a cybersecurity incident as part of that. You can also look at other, whether they're technology-related crises or other kinds of crises, it's, it's critical because of the different avenues that people can communicate and receive information. Any kind of crisis can, you know, in a sense, spin out of control and be publicized very, very quickly, whether that's on social media or just even, even still word of mouth can travel fast. It's like you said, just two years ago, we, we had an earthquake here in the valley. And fortunately, I don't think it required any major PR or otherwise related response for most businesses. But that's something else you need to plan for. That's non-technology related. Yeah. Mark, when, in your experience, who should be involved at that planning stage? And is involving a PR agency at that stage something that makes sense? Yeah, I think it's better to involve the communication experts from the beginning. And so you should have members of the executive team, other stakeholders that either know information, whether that's IT representatives, HR representatives, other kinds of groups, and definitely communication and legal. And you should have all of those people and create kind of a crisis management team. And so whenever something happens, big or small, really, you can get that team together, discuss what the crisis is, what the impact of that crisis is, you know, who is going to be impacted by that, and then what the team should do. And then everybody has their role on how to to fix the crisis. The most important thing on a crisis, right, is to get it fixed. It's not the communication per se, it's the it's getting everything resolved. So that's the job number one. And then second is getting the communication out to who's impacted. So uh, whether that is customers or employees or other stakeholders, partners, technology partners that you have. But the communication should be, you know, kind of decided as a group with legal input. On a cyber incident, you'll have certain requirements by law. And in fact, I think there are some new changes there here in just the last month of when you should notify, whether it's a government or a local agency or to your customers, when you're supposed to notify them of an incident and what you're supposed to say. Along those lines, Mark, and I I won't put you on the spot with legal advice. This is obviously uh, not a legal podcast and none of us are lawyers, thank goodness. But in general... And again, speaking in generalities and every situation is going to be different and unique. Legal requirements aside, when should you or why should you disclose or not disclose a cyber incident, whether to your customers, even to your internal staff? You know, walk us through some of the scenarios and situations there. Yeah, I think you want to look at level of impact. And the broader the impact, probably the requirement should be that you should tell people about it or tell the affected groups about it. You want to determine the impact first, and then that can determine kind of what level of reaction do you have. I have an example. It's not cybersecurity, but I was involved with a company that was recycling oil. And there was a, I guess you'd say a mini explosion. I don't know how any better way to describe it. There was an incident in the plant that you could describe as an explosion, but it wasn't, it was Contained, it was not a big one, but they did call 911 on that. And then the media did pick that up. 
Well, it was a minor incident, even though I used the word explosion. It was a minor thing. The fire department came. There was no fire. They checked everything, made sure it was good. The news media then came and they just did a picture of the plant saying that there was an explosion. No one was injured. And it was maybe a 10 second to 30 second spot on the news. And we didn't need to do like a full on crisis plan for that. We just let the media report what had happened and that was what would happen. And then that's it. So sometimes level of impact determines your reaction. The key on the communication side is that you want to tell your story first. By telling it first, you're the one that tells that story. Then you get to tell your side. And then you want to tell everything that you can. Now, on maybe on a cyber incident, you might not know how many systems or how much customer data has been impacted. So you want to tell the media or the audiences what you know at this time, what you're doing, and maybe even if you have an estimate of when something will be determined. So that that's important because then you're telling your story. If you don't, if you kind of clam up and don't say anything, then someone else will tell your story and or they'll speculate about what happened or what the impact is. I think that's where Okta got themselves in trouble recently is it was known that they had a breach. They kept a lot of things close to the chest, but obviously the person who carried out the attack wanted a bit more attention. And honestly, it kind of felt like they wanted a lot more credit for what it was that they did. They were proud of their work, essentially. So you have Okta saying it's not that bad, everything's fine, don't worry about it. And then the person actually carrying out the attack on the opposite end of the spectrum saying, I got everything, I did this at this date and had screenshots of what he was doing and everything. So then it does. It's a tricky situation, but Okta runs the risk of either looking like they're just not disclosing, not really wanting to tell the truth, or they don't know, which is equally concerning for somebody in their industry not to know the extent of their own attack. Yeah, both of those are tricky. Yeah, you don't want to look like you're hiding anything. You know, that's what makes crises so difficult is you need to tell everything that you know or that you can tell as soon as you can, as you know it, and as soon as you can tell it. If you don't, and if you try and kind of clam up and not say anything and maybe even hold information that you know or that is pertinent to your audiences, then someone else tells your story and then you're on the reactive part of communications. And then also people will view you with less trust. If you go out with information that you know, as soon as you know it, then people will begin to trust you. If you don't know it, tell people that you don't know it and tell them what you're doing to find out mm -hmm. or what you're going to do. You know, if it's systems, like we're not sure what systems have been impacted, but we're doing these things to find out what's been compromised. And we should have a report in the next week or whatever that timeline is. If you can give those kinds of things, then people have expectations. And, and then, of course, try and meet those expectations or communicate revised expectations. And of course, when you don't tell something, I mean, you're looked more suspicious, but also that's why it's important to have a team that can remediate and resolve the crisis. Uh, especially a cybersecurity in crisis, because then you can look like you don't know what you're doing, which is almost even worse than not telling anything. Yep. So you need to make sure you fix the crisis as, as fast as possible. So, Mark, so far, I've heard a lot of really interesting tidbits. Obviously, make sure you have a plan. Respond as soon as you have information. Communicate that you do or do not have the information. 
Are there any other best practices or sort of line items that a company should go through during an incident? Yeah, I think one thing I'd like to cover now is maybe backup and you want to make sure that you're building goodwill among all of your target audiences long before a crisis happens. If you're building goodwill, you have relationships with the media, you've got a track record of meeting expectations, meeting objectives, that will really help you in a crisis period because that goodwill can be used to say, just like we've done in other times, we're going to you know, communicate this straightforward to you. We're going to do the best we can to resolve the situation. So I think it's important on the communication side to have a regular communications plan and activities and results that you can kind of draw on. If you just bring in the communications team at the last minute, then it almost looks like you're trying to kind of fix the situation with a PR team. You don't really want to do that. You want to also just make sure that you're aware of what audiences you need to communicate with. I think the audiences, there can be a lot of different audiences, but many important ones are can be investors, customers, partners. And don't forget about your employees because your employees can become communication pieces, whether you like it or not, right? You want to try and keep communication through a, a centralized channel, the same people, but you want to make sure you inform your employees so they're not speculating and they're not telling friends who are telling friends who are telling a reporter or telling a customer or something like that. And maybe on, on that point is in your communications team or your crisis team, I guess you would call it, you want to make sure you have designated spokespeople that are the official spokespeople for the company. You want to have that kind of minimized in a sense so that you have the same messages, but also be aware that that message that goes to the media is the same message that goes to the customer, that goes to the partners, that goes maybe to your investors, to your board, whatever. So you want to be consistent. And that's why you need a broad-based team, kind of multidisciplinary team on the crisis team. Great thoughts. Kind of along those lines, Mark. You've shared some best practices in general, whether it's in an incident response or in the PR industry in general. Are there any common mistakes you see companies making or just common misconceptions about PR and the process? Yeah, I, I think the thing that I see the most is that people think that PR people will come in and fix <laughs> this communication crisis that you have. You know, we'll help manage the communication between the organization and the target audiences. But we can't fix anything that, one, is true, and then two, of course, is, is out of control. We can help maybe bring some control to the situation, but we can't go fix a problem. What we do is we help tell the truth of the company to the target audiences. And so if things are bad, not that we're putting a spotlight on the bad things, but we are trying to manage the company and tell the company's story, even if it is a bad story. So I think that's a misconception is that, okay, we're going to go hire a big PR firm to go fix this for us. So you want the communication people involved from the beginning and even from the planning stages when there isn't anything happening. And it's like, here's what we'd like to do when there's a crisis and here's how we'll act. I think that's the biggest thing is just be aware that, yeah, we're not fixers, we're communicators and we'll communicate the truth, we'll communicate the company's story, we'll advocate for the company and the company's side, but we're not going to shy away from telling the truth and we're going to want to communicate more than not communicate, I guess you could say. 
as a matter of curiosity, Mark, how much of uh, the work that you guys do is sort of reactive and incident or problem driven versus proactive and positive? Yeah, most of our PR efforts for companies are positive. Building, right, that's building that fortress around a company's good name. We're spending most of our time doing that. And then we do regularly spend a part of the time making sure that we are involved in the crisis plans, that we've thought of the crises. We know what we're going to do if there is a crisis. Then we're able to act actually really quickly because uh, we already kind of have everything in place. We're not starting from scratch. So for most companies, it's you know less than 5%, especially less than 5% that you're actually enacting a crisis plan. But, you know, obviously that's really critical time when you do an active crisis plan and have to communicate and monitor the media for what's happening out there because of a crisis. Yeah. Well, Mark, I, I, we really appreciate your thoughts on PR in general. I wanted to pivot just a little bit uh, and ask you sort of a different line of questions just to get some insight from you know, your business experience and your leadership experience. And just to ask you in general, as a leader of an organization, what are you concerned about right now? What, uh, what keeps you up at night? Well, since we're talking about cybersecurity, I, you know, I'm definitely concerned about cybersecurity because I know those potential attacks can happen individually, you know, and in, in a, for a company. So as a leader, I, you know, I do worry about that. Of course, I'm focused on, I guess you could say other things that kind of keep me up would be right labor, making sure that we can provide the best uh, service for our clients possible. And then also, you know, just watching the economy and kind of world affairs. I mean, it's important for us to know and make plans for the future based on what might happen with the economy. And I think in some ways, right, uh, it's not maybe crisis planning, but it's at least getting prepared for the future. If the economy doesn't do well, what are we going to do as a company to thrive through that bad economy? And I think a lot of businesses could definitely relate to that for sure. Yeah. Mark, what would you, how would you describe your overall management approach or leadership philosophy? The thing I've learned from good leaders and, and try and implement that myself is I love leaders that have a big vision. So try and have a big vision of what, and that's not just what the company can become, but also what an individual can become or a team can become. I really have admired that of some of my managers of the kind of vision that they have. So uh, I try and implement that in my leadership philosophy is that we want to have a vision and try and think big. How can we be the best PR firm and the best PR practitioners in the nation or in the world? And so I like to try and focus on a big vision. I try and empower my employees and my team so that they can do good work and they're not worried about me micromanaging them. I, I'm probably more of like a, try and empower those employees to have the training that they need, have the tools that they need, and also then feel free to just make decisions that will be good for the client and that, that I'll support them. I think support is another aspect of leadership that I think is, is critical and support even if something goes wrong uh, instead of right yelling at them or saying, well, why did you do this? The first thing I'd rather do is help them fix the problem or what, okay, so this has happened or we, you know, we did this wrong. What can we do to now kind of make it better? And then you can go back and say, okay, what was the process that we need to put in place to make this so it doesn't happen again? I'm also a process oriented person where 
if we can get just almost like an automated process. So when this happens, we know that we kind of kick in this, this process, or this is the process for how we write press releases, or this is the process for how we communicate with media. If you can get those processes down, then everything kind of almost becomes automatic and you train people to the standard of the process rather than training them about the process. So those are some of my philosophies on, on leadership. Maybe one other I would add that we've been working on, it's been harder with the pandemic, but we like to look at employees and help them achieve a goal that they have. What, and that can be a bucket list goal. Let's say maybe it's to run a marathon or to travel to Europe. It could be to one day be a vice president of PR at a company. We want to try and help them achieve those goals. And I think if we can focus on that and do a good job of that, that'll help empower our employees even more on an individual level. Great insights, Mark. And thank you for sharing. Yeah, I love the emphasis on vision. Spitball question here, Mark. What are you currently watching, reading, or listening to right now? Let's see. Watching right now, I'm watching the Jazz Playoffs. I'm focused on that. I'm a sports guy, so I like watching sports. I don't watch a lot of TV shows unless it's Seinfeld reruns. I'm a big Seinfeld guy. (laughs) I love it. I do have a philosophy that you can almost turn anything into a Seinfeld moment. I quote that a lot. I'll consider it an achievement if we have a Seinfeld moment here. I'm not sure. But uh, (laughs) anyway, one thing I've been focused on lately on the reading side is Atomic Habits. Really like that process. Actually read it uh, about a year ago, but have been trying to kind of implement that more and more in various aspects of things that I'm doing, especially increasing 1%, whether it's 1% each day or 1% each week, both in trying to do that in health, trying to do that in business and, and other places. And so right now we're, as a group, we're focused on media training. So we're actually doing some media training and not media training, spokesperson training, but media training on, you know, how we can communicate with the media better. Hmm. And even with the experience that I've had, that's something that we can always sharpen our tools. So I think those are about three things that I'm kind of focused on right now. Very cool. As we wrap up, Mark, I wanted to ask you just a little bit to have you tell us the condensed and short version, how you got to be, you know, president of Snap Connor. What does your journey look like and how, what are your takeaways from that journey, I guess? Yeah. I came to SnapConnor PR because of my relationship with our founder and CEO, Cheryl SnapConnor. That was started, though, when I got involved in tech. And the thing I found is that PR uh, set a foundation for me to think strategically and then communicate well. I would usually enter the door of a company through PR, and then they would say, well, we need someone to do this. Can you do that? So I got involved in marketing. And then one of the companies I was with, Tech Media Network, I got in the door on PR and they needed someone to run e-commerce. And so they asked me to run e-commerce. And so I used a lot of those principles in PR to run e-commerce, right? And that was communicating with an audience and then measuring how that communication, how, how impactful that was. And of course, on e-commerce, that's impacted on, on buy clicks. And so use that to throughout my career. My relationship with Cheryl uh, came about just uh, because we were volunteering for, at that time, it was Utah Information Technology Association, which then was Utah Technology Council and now Silicon Slopes. And we were on the communications committee together. 
and serving on that committee together and getting to know each other got us to the point seven years ago where we talked about, you know, should I join SnapConner PR and decided that I would and have really enjoyed that I'm part of the SnapConner PR group. And now I'm helping run that agency. I really enjoy that. And I think Cheryl is one of the greatest PR people in in the world and uh, just have enjoyed learning from her and doing good PR for, for clients. And so I've enjoyed the last seven years and I've learned a lot in that process. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing, Mark. And again, thank you for all of these insights, for bringing a, a different perspective for us on, you know, the PR slant, the cybersecurity and just preparation and incident response in general. Uh, great insights as always. Any closing thoughts, you know, that you've had anything you want to share as we wrap up this episode? Well, I think as far as communication, communication is important. We see companies doing that every single day, sometimes every hour, depending on the size of the company. So you want to make sure that you have good people that are trustworthy, that can help you communicate. When you can do that on a regular basis, then when you have a crisis, then you already know what they're going to do and you can already trust them. And that's the same on the, the other side is you want your executive team not only to trust you as a communication professional, but you want to be able to trust them that they'll do the right thing for the customer when it really is, is needed for a crisis. And so uh, I think it's doing those things every day that will really help you when you're in a situation where you need to call on the goodwill that you've built, whether that's internally or, of course, externally with the media, with your customers. Really, if I look at how you deal with a crisis, I think you deal with a crisis every day by doing good things and communications in your business and then that will go a long way for when you you have a crisis and will help you. I'll put that on a quote wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> Last little thing, Mark, if people uh, want to get in touch with you, if people want to reach you, what's the best way to do that? Reach out to me at mark at snapconner.com. And also I'm on LinkedIn, would be happy to connect with anybody who wants to learn more about PR, about communications, or just wants to... Uh, connect. I believe, like with Cheryl, I connected with her, you know, I guess it'd be now 20 years ago. And that has brought me here. So I'd, I'd love to connect with anybody and get to know them. I do believe in, I don't know if you call it paying it forward or just, you know, I'm happy to help other people get what they need and, and vice versa. And so I'm happy to connect with people that way. Awesome. Well, Mark, thanks again. It was great to have you as a guest on the podcast. Great insights. And I'm sure our audience love these insights as well. A lot of takeaways from this. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll catch you next time. See you later, Mark. Thank you. See you later.